the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. It is the authority, and it is minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we're underway on this Thursday edition. Appreciate you being with us. It's the first morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2021. So glad to have you aboard coming up on the program. We've got some great guests for you. We've got a lot of important stuff to talk about. Yes, I will hit the Bill Cosby story uh, sooner rather than later. In fact, I may start with that. Uh, but coming up, at 9.35, we're going to go back to our friend Jack Windsor, who has been covering the Ohio State House on behalf of AM1420, The Answer. <clears throat> He's got a bit of a blockbuster of a story uh, to talk about with respect to uh, the Save Women's Sports Amendment or Save Women's Sports Act and the name, image, and likeness uh, executive order issued by Mike DeWine because not enough uh, Republicans in the state house had the stomach to do what was necessary to support the name, image, and likeness law with the Save Women Sports Act attached to it. Jack Windsor will explain all of that in a very detailed report coming up at nine thirty-five. Then at ten ten, we're going to be talking uh, about policing. Uh, my friend uh, Gary Wolski, who's the president of the Ohio FOP, that's the Fraternal Order of Police, will be talking with Jay McDonald, who is the past president of the Ohio FOP, and he, uh, the two of them will join us to talk about a host of issues, including the liberals' claims that, and this is a quote, butthurt cops, end quote, are responsible for the surge in crime because they're not allowed to run roughshod through the cities abusing all of the people that like they used to. That is literally a quote from an MSNBC guest that was not rebuked, was instead supported, which means it's apparently the new default position of the far left. We'll also talk about the fact that there is a violent crime spike, and we'll talk about whether or not police numbers, which have been slashed because police budgets have been slashed, are the result of the defund the police movement. 
popularized and promoted by the American left, by countless numbers of American Democrat elected officials and Democrat uh, media members, all calling for the same thing. Now that, of course, it's happened and it's led to the spike in crime, they've changed their minds and they want to pass the buck to the Republicans and say it was the Republicans who wanted to, uh, who wanted to, um, uh, abolish and defund police. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that revisionist present. Uh, so that's coming up. So we've got, um, Jack Windsor. We've got Gary Wolski. We've got, uh, Jay McDonald. And I was in a conversation with State Representative Jenna Powell, who looks like she's not going to be able to pull herself free. But Jenna Powell, we will have, if we don't get her today, we will get her tomorrow. But State Representative Jenna Powell was giving um, the information about the amendment that was being added to the name, image, and likeness bill in the state of Ohio that was intended to save women's sports. She was giving that information, speaking uh, on the floor of the Ohio House, when she was interrupted with one of the most rude, disgusting, despicable displays you will ever see in a in a a government body, in a legislative body, whether it's at the federal level or the state level, as Ohio Democrats shamed themselves by screaming during her speech, screaming, smacking the tops of their desks to try to drown her out as she talked about the need to protect real women and real women's sports. So all of that, Jenna Powell, like I said, she was speaking, and I wanted to get her specifically about this. I may not be able to get her today. Uh, It looks like she's not going to be able to pull herself free. She's got something from 8 until 11, so it encompasses our entire show. Um, But if not today, then we will get her tomorrow. So there you go. That's the rundown. What do you say we start our day, as we always do now, with the Pledge of Allegiance? Patriots, stand and face your flag. If you have one, if you don't, please put your hand on your heart. Leftists, Democrats, go ahead and turn your back and... Put your black activist athlete shirt over your head rather than pay tribute to this great, this great country. We know that's what you want to do. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Speaking of that last reference to Gwen Berry, the disgraced Olympian, remember she is uh, qualified for the U.S. Olympic uh, Games in Tokyo, or for the Olympic Games in Tokyo, for Team USA. She was the uh, hammer thrower who decided that she was going to upstage the actual two winners of the event, the gold and silver winners uh, in the U.S. Olympic trials. As the bronze finisher, she decided she was going to pout and turn her back and put her hands on her hips and be disgusted by the national anthem. You know the story by now. I'm not going to rehash the entire thing. What I am going to do is give you the latest update. There is nothing, absolutely nothing authentic about this this uh, uh, woman's protest. Pictures, older photographs have emerged now online of her holding the American flag up with pride as little as three years ago. An old photo of Gwen Berry, the Olympian hammer thrower, came under the spotlight um, while turning her back on the national anthem went viral yesterday. The picture dug up by Internet Sleuth showed Berry joyously holding the American flag as she kept her dream to represent the U.S. at the 2016 Rio, so it's five years ago, 2016 Rio Olympics uh, game alive. Games Alive. The photo appeared on Barry's old personal website touting her accomplishments. 
It's unclear when it was taken, but the blog post was dated June 12, 2015. Barry had come in first at the 2014 Pan American Sports Festival in Mexico City in the Hammer Throw event. The page was made to showcase Barry before she eventually made the 2016 U.S. Olympic team. The photo made the rounds on social media yesterday with some questioning what changed over the last six years. And we can talk about that. I'm staring at the picture right now. She is standing there in a full-length bodysuit with the American flag stretched arm to arm, or I should say as far out as her arms will reach. And she is smiling and wearing her medal, and she is as happy as can be. And the responses, as you can imagine, have been uh, have been amazing. Um, Nick Adams responding, looks like the American flag didn't offend Gwen Berry a few years ago. Brigitte Gabriel of Act for America said, it looks like her entire activist athlete bit is an act. And it is. Donald Trump Jr. tweeted, quote, totally not at all an act, sarcastically. She was definitely not protesting to get attention for herself or maybe some of those woke Nike endorsement sponsorship dollars. 100% legit. Not at all a cottage industry victimization scheme that we see so much of these days. So the tongue-in-cheek from the president's son, Donald Trump Jr., uh, Katrina Pearson just said, oops, as uh, this, of course, they forgot to scrub this from the Internet. So clearly, you know, she claims that she has this specific issue with the with the third stanza of the poem, the Star Spangled Banner, written by uh, Francis Scott Key, which of course did not even make it into the actual song that was adapted from that poem, uh, the line about slaves or the line of re- referring to slaves to hirelings and slaves. But she said she had a big problem with that, and that's why she doesn't like the anthem. But to my knowledge. And I'll have to double-check this, but to my knowledge, the national anthem hasn't changed in the last six years. It's been pretty much the same since Francis Scott wrote the poem, since it, uh, the uh, adaptation as a song was indeed uh, 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 made the national anthem for the United States of America since it was adopted. It hasn't changed since then. But a few years ago, Gwen Berry had no problem with it at all. And no problem with this country at all. She's proudly waving the stars and stripes. But now in in 2020 slash 2021, the age of wokeness, the age of racial reckoning, the age of, hey, George Floyd died, so therefore we have to destroy this country as it is. Because policing is systemically racist. Because education is systemically racist. Because housing is systemically racist. Because medical care is systemically racist. Everything in this country is systemically racist. And so we, it's our duty to hate this country if we are people of color. That's the mindset of people like Gwen Barry. She loved this country before the age of wokeness. Now it's time to cash in on your own wokeness. The more woke you can become, I think the uh, uh, the commenter was right, the more woke you can become today, the more anti-American Nike will pay you. You did know that Nike admitted to its anti-American bias, right? The company that sponsors so many of these athletes has described itself, and we're talking about the CEO of Nike, as being a company that is of China and that is for China. You understand that? This this was a self-admission. 
not an accusation. It was their own admission that Nike is a company, which, by the way, started out in Oregon with Phil Knight, the CEO and founder. It started out in Oregon, but now sees itself as literally being a country of China and for China. This is what they say, which means they are of communism and for communism. And you cannot be both of China and pro-America. You simply cannot. Our ideologies are too divergent. It is not possible to see it any other way. And that's why people like Gwen Berry, I believe, who had no problem with the United States of America a few years ago when she posed for those uh, pictures with those with the American flag, suddenly is is playing the I've got to do what I've got to do to get mine card. I've got to do what I've got to do. And right now, the popular thing to do is to hate America as an American athlete. Nike will become will come running with bucks headed my way. And you know what? She's not wrong. She is absolutely not wrong. Okay, 917. Let me take a quick time out. We'll come right back. I've got a few other things to get into this morning before we get to Jack Windsor at 935 right here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 923, thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll try to open up phone lines when we can, but we are kind of heavy, especially for the first hour plus, or so, or hour or so, rather. 216-901-0945, I just want to kind of hit this real quick to, to follow up on the Nike story, because it follows up on the Glenn Berry story. And how important it is that we recognize... Um, when we welcome communism into our borders, within our borders. And that's essentially what the Biden administration is doing. The Biden administration is like the Obama administration before and the Clinton administration before. They are very, very pro-China. They are very, very pro-letting China take advantage of us. And even after the pandemic that was released by the Chinese from a Wuhan lab, communist China still gets breaks from uh, progressive Democrats in leadership. And they aren't even hiding, by the way, who they are, talking about communist China, and neither are American companies that have sold out to communist China. So let me tell you more about Nike, and this is why I will not buy Nike again. And I will tell people this, because I get people all the time, time trying to play gotcha with me, leftists, who'll see me in public or see a picture of me with a Nike swoosh on something that I own and say, ah, I thought you wouldn't buy Listen. I can make a pledge to not buy Nike products anymore, and I have, and I've been living by that for a couple of years now. I don't, and I won't support communist China, which is what Nike is. I will not do it. I will not put more money into the pockets of America haters like LeBron James, who makes $40 million a year from Nike, which is from China. Okay, I won't do it. But I'm not wealthy enough to burn all of my clothes and shoes that have swooshes on them and buy new stuff. I just can't do it. I can't get rid of all of these things I've because I've wore, worn it for years. And quite frankly, since I'm on the radio and not TV, I don't have a huge wardrobe. I, I keep wearing them for years. So bottom line is, this is my, my point going forward. I will not support companies like this. Now, let me share some words with you from... Uh, Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock is 
He's kind of become almost just a news and political commentator now. He has been through his career a sports commentator, both a columnist for the Kansas City Star and for ESPN and for Fox Sports and others in the print media. He has become a very successful host in uh, broadcast media as well, radio and television and podcasting. And he's moved his way really almost over fully to politics now. He's a contributor at Fox News and more. And he wrote this for uh, The Blaze. Last week... Uh, Nike CEO John Donahoe inadvertently explained the difference between NBA legends Michael Jordan and LeBron James. In a conference call with the Wall Street analysts, Donahoe described the shoe brand's commitment to China, saying, quote, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China. Donahoe joined Nike in January of last year. According to Yahoo News, he spent his first weeks as CEO scoping out Nike's operations in China. The Bible and common sense have spoken authoritatively on the Portland, Oregon founded based uh, founded and based company's dilemma. Quote, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Matthew 6.24. Nike cannot serve America and China. It can't have both. It has chosen its master, and it is not us. China is a communist-run, authoritarian, racist country. America is, or has been, a democratic republic pursuing freedom and fairness. You cannot be of China and for China and serve America. He's exactly right. And that's why Nike, which is of China and for China, their own wording, not mine, the, the CEO's wording, uh, that's why Nike continues to lavish millions and millions of dollars and support on today's American woke athletes. That's why he get, they give LeBron James $40 million a year as LeBron James goes on his The Shop broadcast and uses his Twitter feed to trash America, to demonize police officers, uh, to claim that the United States is hunting, straight up hunting. That's a quote from his Twitter feed. Black people. Uh, That's why Nike lavishes millions on former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. He hasn't played in over five years. He's so irrelevant, except he's doing China's work for them through Nike. Again, trying to, to tear down and create weakness in the United States. Weakness through division. That benefits America's number one geopolitical and economic enemy, uh, China, the Communist Chinese Party. So they're willing to give money to people like uh, Colin Kaepernick. Also, Megan Rapino, the uh, lesbian soccer star for Team USA and one of the most outspoken anti-Americans uh, in, in the world of athletics. Serena Williams, too, to a lesser extent. But Nike just pours tens of millions of dollars on these people because they are very, very influential they are they are um, what people would call um, uh, influencers, especially in young younger Americans. You know, in the millennial crowd and in the Gen Z crowd, they're very influential. And if they can continue to tear America down and create doubt about America's inherent goodness in the minds of millions of American millennials and Gen Zers, then that is to the benefit of their master, China. Nike is owned and operated by the Chinese Communist Party. So you wonder, what would lead uh, a young Olympic athlete like Gwen Barry to go from six years ago 
waving the American flag proudly, holding it and stretching it as far as her arms will stretch with a big smile on her face as she wins the Pan Am Games and tries to make the 2016 American Olympic team. What can make her go from that to standing on that medal stand with her back turned away from the other winners, the gold and silver winner, with her back turned away from the flag, with a pouty look on her face, with her hands on her hips like she's just so disgusted, and then halfway through the anthem putting the activist athlete t-shirt over her head. I remember a time when American athletes wore the American flag around their shoulders to celebrate their victories. She wore an activist athlete t-shirt draped over her head to make her point that she was not having this national anthem. She was not having this American flag. She was not having this pro-America moment. What would make her go from, from that to this? And the answer is the promise of communist Chinese Nike-driven dollars. She's just another cog in the wheel of destroying and dis- dividing this country. And people better get that out you know, into their minds. They better get the idea of how dangerous this really is because these people, again, are the influencers of the younger generations. And they're crucial to this entire mission of weakening the United States, which is what China is endeavoring to do. Okay, 9.30, we'll get to our news now. We'll come back and we'll go from China to Ohio. What's going on in the state of Ohio regarding name, images, and likeness? Jack Windsor has got the story, and it's a disturbing one. That's coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. of Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Okay, 935, let's continue on AM 1420. The Answer will go from China to Ohio, a little bit more localized here. Even though it's not in Cleveland, we're going to talk about what's going on in Columbus. And to do that, we bring in our friend, uh, Jack Windsor. Jack Windsor is a Statehouse reporter for the Ohio Star. He ever covers, also covers the Statehouse for us on AM 1420, The Answer. And uh, there's a whale of a story. Actually, there's several stories going on right now in the Ohio General Assembly. But this one involves also an executive order put forth by Governor DeWine when the General Assembly would not accept an amendment to a bill that had already been approved by the Senate uh, by, a, by a unanimous margin. I'll let Jack Windsor explain the rest of it. Hey, Jack, good morning. How are you, sir? Uh, Bob, I'm super fantastic. It's an honor, as always, to be here with you and the WHK uh, AM 1420 listeners. Thanks for well, choosing me. It's always good to have you, Jack. So looking at your story from uh, two days or three days ago, I guess it would be now, uh, no, two days ago, Mike DeWine signed the executive order permitting student-athletes enrolled in Ohio colleges and universities to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. This is something the NCAA approved uh, a while back. Uh, uh, states, Other states in the country, I want to say 16, 17, 18 other states in the country have also uh, signed on to this, saying that colleges and universities in their states can uh, essentially allow their players to be paid if their name, image, and likeness is used. This was challenged by the NCAA. Uh, the um, uh, Supreme Court ruled unanimously nine to nothing that these athletes can make this money. And 
So the belief, Jack, is that if you don't, you know, if a state like Ohio, which has Ohio State University in it, uh, doesn't mm-hmm. go along and allow kids to be paid, well, these recruits in the state of Ohio and in other states are going to go sign with uh, schools that are going to allow them to make a bunch of money on their on their name, image, and likeness. So the deal was this: executive order, or excuse me, uh, the uh, bill to allow the payment uh, of student athletes through this through this uh, method. Uh, it passed the Senate 33 to nothing. It went to the House, and there an amendment was introduced. And I'll let you pick it up from there. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you, you walked it back, and, and we can kind of slow walk it out of there. But mm-hmm. there are two bills, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about them primarily. There's Senate Bill 287, which you just referred to. It's the Name, Image, or Likeness Bill. NIL is the acronym and the short name. For I think the that was I think that was one eighty seven, right? One eighty seven is unless I'm uh, reading your unless I'm reading your story be. wrong. Yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's yeah, executive order twenty twenty one ten D, uh but it's Bill one eighty seven, Senate Bill one eighty seven that we were talking about. So yep, doesn't matter. So doesn't matter. Bill. Yeah, it's yep. it's what's in the meat of it, not the number, but go ahead. It, yes, absolutely. So the NIL bill that would have allowed college athletes to profit from name, image, and likeness. Now the second bill is also it's uh, House Bill sixty one. It's, it's known as the Save Women's Sports Act. SWM is the acronym, and the short name of the bill is the SWS bill. Now that bill prohibits biological males from competing against biological females. So we have the NIL bill regarding mm-hmm. college athlete compensation, mm-hmm. and the SWS bill that protects females in sports. Now, as you said, uh, you talked about the NIL bill. It passed the Senate thirty three to nothing was approved by the House last Thursday, 58 to 36, but only after it was amended by Representative Jenna Powell to prohibit biological males from competing against biological females in sports, the language from the SWS bill. Now, once the new bill passed the House with the SWS amendment, this was Thursday night, it went to the Senate. The Senate would have had to approve the amendment since the new bill originated there. Right. And Thursday night, the Senate immediately rejected the bill. Now, talks with insiders and senators yielded several different reasons. First, it was they they didn't want the bill amended. They wanted a, quote, clean bill, which is what the Ohio State spokesperson told the lantern. Then it was that the amendment was put together sloppily and maybe hastily and not a good bill. It needed debate and to be honed. Then it was that the legislative process to get the bill passed would take too long and the NIL bill would not go into effect by July 1, which is when other states have laws on the books going into effect. And the reasoning was that Ohio State and other major colleges would then be at a competitive and recruiting disadvantage. Right. So that's all last Thursday night. And then Governor DeWine issued a statement on Friday saying, quote, this issue is best addressed outside the government through individual sports leagues and athletic associations, including the Ohio High School Athletic Association. So at this point, Friday, it appears that a nice piece of legislation, the Mill Bill, which attracted, as you remember, Coach Ryan Day, Cardale Jones, Gene sure. Smith, to the State House to testify, was messed up by what mainstream media call a transgender athlete amendment. Um, so you have the Senate saying the right things, right? We, we want to give testimony to the SWS bill that would prohibit biological males from competing against biological females. It deserves public debate. Uh, the amendment was added last minute, and the language may be careless, so on and so forth. 
Then you have the governor appearing to say the right thing. The government ought not to be involved in personal matters, which is odd coming from the governor who for over a year told Ohioans what to do, how to do it, how long to do it, and by what time they had to be done doing it. Um, but I digress. Uh, here's the simple truth, Bob. Uh, we can step through each of those red herrings offered by the Senate and the governor and can show them all for what they appear to be uh, excuses. Or as Rep. Uh, Powell said, quote, passing legislation that largely benefits male college athletes on the back of female athletes around the state. All right. Um, there's a lot there. Um, I want to talk. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the the Senate Republicans first. Um, yep. I, I cannot express enough disgust and disdain for the Senate Republicans. I I was disgusted by them uh, in the last uh, uh, session, if you will, because they had horrific leadership. They refused to stand up Mike DeWine in response to the pandemic orders that were just killing Amer or killing Ohioans, rather killing businesses and killing jobs. I I took the. Uh, um, uh, Senate president to task, as you recall, many, many times. Now we've got a new Senate president, and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. These are Republicans uh, governing in a, in, a, in a legislative body in a red state that were given and continue to be given power to do what the people uh, of this state want them to do, and that is to uphold not only the Ohio Constitution but the United States Constitution. And guess what that Constitution says? It says that men and women must be treated equally. And treating women, uh, or, or rather forcing women to have to compete against males, is not fair and equal treatment. Moreover, Governor or the uh, Ohio Senate, as, all, as well as Mike DeWine with his executive order, they're also compelled to follow federal law in addition to state law. And federal law contains something called Title IX, which is a civil rights law that does guarantee equal access and opportunity for females when it comes to extracurriculars, and in particular sports, sporting activities, um, equal opportunity for them. By this Senate, Republican-led uh, Senate, rather, not passing a, a, a bill that they had already passed 33 to nothing simply because Jenna Powell attached an amendment that follows Title IX, follows federal law, follows the United States Constitution on equality, uh, to, to, and then for Mike DeWine, of course, to then follow through with an executive order on this thing. It is just repugnant to me. The Ohio Republican Party stinks from from the from the inside out from its core it disgusts me and 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 the idea that it was a republican motion and a republican bill rather uh, written by by Jenna Powell and Reggie Stoltzfus two republicans and then made into into an amendment here and that their fellow republicans on the senate side would just hang them out to dry like this it's just disgusting. Matt Huffman, to me, is garbage, and I'm sorry, I don't care how conservative he claims to be, he's garbage, and every senator that refused to pass this again the way that they did um, uh, you know, the first time around pre-amendment, to me, should be booted and out of office, primary the moment that they're able to be. Sorry about that extended rant there, Jack, but I'm disgusted <laughs> by Ohio Republican Party. Uh, I thought it was well, bad under Jane Timken, and it was, but it's no better right now. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I hear you, and I've heard a lot of other Ohioans over the past couple of days say similar things. This appears to be 
common sense legislation if you're looking at it from the vantage point of the conservative, right? I mean, we're, we're trying to make sure that biological males are not competing against biological females. And it, that amendment gets added to a bill, which, by the way, the nil bill was designed to be fast-tracked. It had an emergency clause. But let's, let's just dive into, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but let's just look at what the Senate said was obstructing it from happening. happening. I know we got to probably take a break. I'll get through this point. Get this point, yeah, get through this point, and then we'll take a break. Uh, the nil bill contained an emergency clause, so it would have gone into law immediately. But since the amendment was added and, and the passage stalled, um, the nil permissions wouldn't be in, a, in effect on July 1. And that, according to the Senate, Governor DeWine, Lieutenant Governor Husted, would put Ohio State and other colleges at a disadvantage. Now, that claim appeared to be false when I published the article because back then the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, had sent a memo to administrators at schools in all three divisions, D1, D2, D3, to say the NCAA would, quote, would develop interim solutions so that student athletes, no matter which state they're enrolled in, would be able to take advantage of nil opportunities. And, of course, that notion was proven right as just yesterday. The NCAA did what they said they would. They issued interim guidance that allows all athletes to earn from their nil even in states that don't have laws on the books expressly allowing it. The other point is, Bob, you have a son who's been recruited into college athletics. You know, as well as I do, if a recruiter goes out, when they look at an athlete, they can say, hey, things are still in the hopper with the legislature. This law is going to pass. You're going to have the protection. These recruiters are pretty good. They're not going to lose athletes because a law is not passed by July 1st, is my opinion. I agree with that. Um, I do understand their point is, but but if kids are just ready to sign on the dotted line with the school that promises them them the most money, by the way, this turns college sports into free agency. These are professional athletes now because Alabama Nick Saban is going to say we will put your name on X number of T-shirts and arrange for you X number of autograph sessions so that your name, image, and likeness can be sold and pay you this much money. And USC is going to say this, and Notre Dame is going to say this, and Ohio State wants to be able to say we're in this bidding war too. First of all, it's disgusting that we're turning kids into professional athletes like this at the ages of 18 uh, and, and with the promise of, of, of more money than another college can deliver. But that's part A. Part, part B is you know, you're right. They're not going to sign on the dotted line immediately because this doesn't get passed by July 1st. They know full well that Ohio State and all the other schools in Ohio are going to be in the bidding just like everybody else is when it's all said and done. Jack, I need a time out here. I want to come back. I've got a lot more for you, including, by the way, the Democrat behavior on the House floor when Jenna Powell introduced this amendment. I'm going to get your thoughts on that, too, right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 9.51, that gives me nine minutes. See, I I took math. Uh, Nine minutes left uh, with Jack Windsor as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer, talking about the NIL bill, which NIL, name, image, and likeness, uh, a new bill that was passed forth by the Ohio Senate, uh, then sent to the Ohio House, as you just heard Jack detailing, that the House attached an amendment to it, uh, which uh, would essentially protect and save women's sports from being dominated by biological males uh, in the future. And uh, then it went back to the Senate where it got hung up. Mike DeWine followed by issuing an executive order. But I want to go back, Jack Windsor, to this. Um, 
This is an example of, and you don't have to you don't have to say what I'm about to say if you don't want to or repeat it. But, but to me, this is an example of what uh, Democrat politics is all about. Um, when Jenna Powell, Representative Jenna Powell, requested during the uh, discussion on on passing the the Nil Bill. Um, she was granted the, the permission to introduce this amendment to that bill. I want people to listen to the way at least one Democrat, and I don't know if there were others who engaged in this behavior during this uh, testimony or this uh, uh, in, uh, introduction of the amendment by Jenna Powell or not, but I want people to listen to this, and I'll get your reaction, Jack uh, Windsor. Wonderful. The Save Women's Sports Act is a fairness issue for women to be able to achieve their dreams and athletics in our state and is crucial to preserving women's rights and the integrity of women's and girls' sports. Across our country, female athletes are currently losing scholarships, opportunities, medals, education, and training opportunities. This amendment will require schools that are part of the OHSAA to designate separate teams for participants of the biological sex. No school school interscholastic conference or organization that regulates interscholastics shall permit biological males to participate on athletic team or an athletic competition designated only for biological female participants. Um, I, I don't know what the Ohio rules are, the Ohio House rules are, when somebody is giving, when they're, rec, rep, uh, when they're recognized by the, uh, the, the uh, chair, uh, or in this case, the Speaker of the Ohio House, I don't know what the rules are as far as decorum, but I know that there is no legislative body that would ever permit uh, members of the opposition party to scream, shout, and pound their desks in fury, trying to drown out the voice of a woman introducing an amendment. I don't care what the amendment was for, but much less one as as simple as let's protect women's sports in the state of Ohio. Michael Skindell is a Democrat from Lakewood who is the primary uh, uh, uh character in this in this embarrassment he was the one that is identified as as being the loudest but it sounded like there were several desks being pounded there jack windsor what is your take on that yeah tuesday i highlighted that behavior and i received a video from a member of the house who simply sent me a video and said here's skindell going quote going eight uh, and and you hit it right on skindell's pounding the desk literally grunting while uh, you know representative jenna powell is attempting to speak about uh a pretty important and sensitive issue as it relates to males and females. And uh, look, he's taken a scolding uh, since then. Uh, you know, that was Tuesday when our story came out. Since then, the Daily Wire, Dan Bongino, other outlets have written and, and just literally scolded him. So I think, um, you know, when we are where we are today, we look back and, and we see that now that's, that's the laughing stock of the United States of America. Uh, what happened uh, in the House last Thursday, I think that speaks for itself. Well, what doesn't speak for itself is the next question, Jack. I don't know who I was more disgusted by, Michael Skindell or Speaker Cup. How does he allow that to go on, to allow his uh, party colleague, Jenna Powell, who's being responsible, respectful, she didn't even address the, the noise, to be, to be harangued in such a way by Michael Skindell without stopping that behavior and reprimanding him publicly immediately? Bob Cup looks like a, a, like a giant wuss here. I mean, what, what is his, what is his, 
What is his role in all of this, for crying out loud? He's presiding over the hearing and, yep. and over this vote and the introduction of this amendment, and he's going to allow the opposition party to behave that way and say not a word? Talk about a yeah. beta, for crying out loud. Can we get an alpha in charge of the room, for crying out loud? Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> no, we're, we're, so there it is, right? Where's, where's Speaker Cup? And then where's the sergeant at arms? I mean, that's completely disruptive. It's completely out of order. And the fact that it went on as long as it did is, uh, is extremely disrespectful. Yeah. Um, hey, Bob, I want to mention one more issue on this uh, nil SWS thing, if I may, yes, that please. I think is super important. Uh, you know, there was an issue revolving around Governor DeWine saying that prohibiting biological males from competing against biological females is not a matter for the state government to decide. Now, aside from the apparent glaring hypocrisy of that statement given the last 18 months, I want you to know I have in my possession a letter that DeWine wrote when he was Attorney General, Ohio Attorney General, uh, mm-hmm. to then uh, President Obama administration, specifically the U.S. Attorney General expressing his vehement opposition to the federal government imposing Obama administration position and policies on transgender athletes on states. In the letter, DeWine says that the state government and local authorities are best equipped to decide those matters. Now he's saying the state government or local elected officials are not equipped to decide. So (laughs) instead he's urging non-elected officials that say Ohio High School Athletic Association, who we know can be rubber stampers for a cause, to decide to protect or not protect our female athletes. So it begs the question, which is it, Governor, and, and why the change from well, 2016? Well, that's a great point. What, what, why the change from then to now? But then I would also argue he, he is also uh, being a hypocrite when he passes or when he issued his executive order because he essentially is saying, I am state government and I'm going to make the decision here by not allowing the Senate to vote on this after all, you know, because it's not going to be voted on until the fall. And I understand the whole thing about uh, competitive uh, uh, imbalance as far as recruiting and, and blah, blah, blah. But by, by not allowing the uh, Senate to decide what they're going to do with this amendment and to have this thing hashed out between the two uh, sides of the, uh, of the General Assembly, and by issuing the executive order, he is essentially saying, I am the state and I am going to go ahead and make this call. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, but look, it, that's not surprising, I think, to you. It's not surprising to your listeners. Uh, Mike DeWine is really good at using logic and law uh, to justify what's gone on the last year. And it really has been a unilateral reign over all of Ohio. Yeah, well, and you know, it's not just a flip-flop, as you pointed out. It's a flip-flop flip. He went back again by saying the state is going to make this decision because I'm going to make this decision right now. Now the, the amendment is out, uh, and NIL passes by because I say so by executive order without an amendment attached to it. He flip-flop flipped. Uh, Jack Windsor, I've got a minute left, and I'll even give you a minute and a half if you've got anything else you want to share with us. Yeah, so I do. You know, Independence Day weekend is symbolic, uh, and it's an official turning point for my work in the news and information business. Last year, I was honored to represent WMFD-TV. Bob, that's when you and I first connected. Um, And then I was offered the managing editor position with the Ohio Star. And in my time with the Star, consistent readership and support elevated that digital news platform. It's now a formidable source of of information in Ohio politics because of our readers and, and your listeners. And then, of course, most recently, I've been blessed with the chance to serve as uh, State House Correspondent for this station, WHK AM 1420, uh, and it's an endeavor that I look forward to continuing. But today, uh, with much pride, I'm announcing my work constructing and leading as managing editor and lead investigative reporter, 
a new independent Ohio news agency. Uh, we will meet the demand for fair, unbiased news and fact-based reporting. Readers and listeners will get a pulse on Ohio people, policies, and politics affecting our daily lives. We'll do it through online news, broadcast updates, and podcast reports. Now, right now, we're, we're building the agency.